The reason why CBAM is so important from an innovator and a clean tech investor perspective is because it addresses a fundamental issue, um, which is that at the moment we're not pricing the carbon content of our imported goods um, on the EU market. Welcome to Radio Cause, our podcast series on emissions trading schemes. This series is part of Life Cause, an EU-funded project to provide knowledge for improved emissions trading. I am Lea Heinrich and I am Marie Roth from the Florence School of Regulation Climate. In today's conversation, we look at the impact of carbon pricing regulation on innovators. And we are delighted to speak to Susanna Karp. Susanna is the Deputy Executive Director of Cleantech for Europe. Created in 2021, Cleantech for Europe is an initiative that represents developers, deployers and investors in clean technologies across the EU. The initiative speaks both for companies that are scaling up and industrializing clean technologies, as well as for investors that support them. Susanna leads Cleantech for Europe's policy team and specializes on topics such as industrial strategy, decarbonization of heavy industry, energy, climate and nature protection. Prior to that, Susanna led the global think tank Sandbag, an independent energy think tank in Brussels. Other roles have focused on political strategy, innovation, fund creation and the role of the European Green Deal in European Union diplomacy. Susanna studied at the University of Oxford, as well as the College of Europe in Poland. Hi, and thanks a lot for inviting me to be here. I'm really happy to, to join you, and this is an exciting project. So uh, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, let's jump right in with the first question. Uh, from your experience, to what extent is the ETS a driver for investment in clean technologies um, to accelerate the decarbonization of sectors uh, regulated by the ETS? So thanks a lot for uh, using a metaphor in your question, because I think indeed when we try to understand the ETS, metaphors are extremely helpful. But instead of being the driver, the EU ETS is actually the GPS um, for the road to 2050 and possibly beyond. So what the ETS does by virtue of its trajectory, and if you think about it, it's the only EU climate policy that has a trajectory, um, it operates effectively like a map. So let's assume um, we're in a car and we put the long-term direction being 2050. And what the UETS does is it kind of shows you, let's say, the road most efficient, the same way that a GPS would show you where to avoid the road blockages, where there are too many cars. And so that is the function of the carbon price. It gives you an indication of where the most cost-effective reductions can take place um, and it gives a signal indeed to investors and innovators in, in this space. But the question remains of who's in the driving seat. Uh, and um, for a long time now, um, I said, well, also the driving seat, I think, is ultimately um, for the institutions, right? So you have the commission, um, you have the, the, the governments and the parliament, um, and I think the, the system is really robust uh, for that. But they're not driving alone. In the passenger seat, and effectively co-pilots are European citizens, 
And as much as we contemplate expanding the UETS to new sectors, which interact with the daily lives of EU citizens, the more we're developing a system by which, um, you know, it's two co-pilots, we're actually flying a plane. And so we need the satellite data, we need the maps, we need to understand, and that's what the ETS helps us with. But we're in this together. Um, and so, so um, indeed. Um, but for innovators and for investors, um, the UETS also gives kind of the, the expectation of what the road could look like um, uh, a while from now, right? So, you know, you, you therefore want to go as fast as possible now, because with the speed you gain in reducing emissions now, then it gets a bit easier towards your destination. Whether that's actually happening uh, on the ground to the extent that it should be in, in 2023, um, I think that's a different question. And maybe the answer there uh, can be, you know, um, perhaps more nuanced. Yeah. And then obviously it's also interesting to know a bit what is the effect of the ETS and now also the new instrument of the carbon border adjustment mechanism or the CBAM as we call it. And it would be very interesting uh, to hear from your interactions with, with uh, companies linked to the green tech. Um, so how are the investment and the innovation communities reacting to CBAM? And will CBAN even have an impact on, on those sectors? So short, is CBAM, in your opinion, good news for the decarbonization of Europe? Mm -hmm. I will start with a short answer and then if you allow me, I will elaborate a bit. Um, so in the view of CleanTech for Europe, uh, CBAM is a most welcome policy development. Uh, many of our coalitions, so the coalition of VCs um, and also the coalition of scale-up companies, um, have been extremely supportive of CBAM. The reason why CBAM is so important from an innovator and a clean tech investor perspective is because it addresses a fundamental issue, um, which is that at the moment we're not pricing the carbon content of our imported goods um, on the EU market, right? And so therefore, it fundamentally addresses the imbalance between the, let's say, disruptive innovators that come forward with solutions which indeed today are more expensive, but they actually have less carbon. And when you compare that to the goods that up until now did not have uh, a price on the uh, greenhouse gas emissions um, that they, that they uh, yielded during their production, um, they, we then realized that so far the market has been distorted um, and we haven't been paying the full price for the full carbon footprint. And therefore, CBAM is actually allowing for this price to be carried through and gives market signals um, that innovative products and innovative uh, processes can actually stand a chance in competing on this market. Um, so that's one aspect of it. Um, the other aspect of it is it nonetheless, uh, uh, CBAM creates a convergence around the world, around accounting standards. It will, by virtue of um, importers having to comply with the accounting set up for, for CBAM or yet to be set up uh, for CBAM. Um, but, but basically, that's already extremely helpful for, for um, investors, right? Because you know um, that even if you're, you're, you're let's say, product, you're, you're putting your, your seed funding and, and more than that in, in companies in the EU, um, it, that the products developed by virtue of the standards convergence through CBAM also have... Uh, attractability on the global market um, and the third and maybe um, I, I, I could go on but the, let's say the third um, argument of you know is CBAM uh, going to be effective but the reality is that CBAM is already effective. CBAM 
even if it hasn't started, uh, hasn't entered into force yet, um, has given the signal around the globe that has eventually contributed to giving us um, the Inflation Reduction Act um, in the United States. There have been strong policy developments on the UK side post-Brexit um, with regards to uh, clean tech and innovation. And so obviously you know, the, U- the UK needs to do a bit more in that regard, the same way the EU needs to do more now that um, the US has stepped up the game. But having said that, um, CBAM is already effective at achieving this global signal. Um, and so from whereas we were in a race to the bottom before, we're now in a situation which is, of course, with its own challenges... Uh, but in, in the end, for innovators in clean tech uh, um, um, companies, um, you know, the world is looking like a better place. You, you actually, your offers look, you know, quite good on um, the US side. They also look quite good on the EU side, uh, provided you can fully uh, kind of figure out the policy landscape and the multiple financial instruments that we have. Uh, but it's, it's not excluded that you can and that, of course, therefore, Clean Tech for Europe also informs uh, these communities, and so Europe has a strong proposition. Um, so CBAM is contributing to actually even yeah a stronger <laughs> uh, portfolio, and so uh, we have seen that it has been very widely endorsed. Also during this negotiation process, there have been letters in favor of CBAM signed by multiple clean tech innovators. Um, and even before when CBAM was discussed in the previous parliament, um, uh, clean tech innovators also advocated for it. Mm. Yes, it's a very important uh, signal, like you said, for long-term investments to give some visibility. Maybe if you, at least if it's um, a policy you, you can trust and you believe will actually be implemented, uh, maybe it'll be, it'll give, it gives clarity for investors. So I think the trust element is really important, um, but a trust element comes from the EU ETS. Mm-hmm. Um, CBAM is sort of a, a, a reflection of the EU ETS, but it's, it's its external dimension. You can only have a CBAM if you have a carbon pricing system in place, and so it's an arm of it. Uh, or, you know, kind of a, a, a TV debugger. You, <laughs> you put this uh, kind of extra appliance on, uh, but you put it on a system that is extremely robust. So... CBAM is important, but for long-term uh, credibility and visibility, it's still the ETS. That's mm-hmm. the most important. Again, this is the GPS. We're on this uh, long-haul flight <laughs> to 2050. It's a decarbonized flight. There you go. <laughs> but um, or hoping to to become. But yeah, but but so why why I'm stressing that is that um, there is indeed there seems to be uh, a bit of a um, you know kind of still a a, a bit of this early morning feeling when you know the EU has woken up the world has woken up there's a CBAM there and we're still kind of scratching our eyes and asking ourselves is this real what we're seeing or not but what we're actually seeing is that fundamentally trade policies are being shifted um, to in our case in the European approach to reflect environmental uh, considerations and uh, by the way principles which are in the EU treaties the polluter pays principle. So, in a way, why is CBAM only coming uh, up now? Uh, so, so, but global trade is shifting. The US is changing uh, the picture. China is changing the picture in its own ways, um, and has been changing the picture for many years. In fact, so, so, um, you know, whether CBAM will stay in place until twenty fifty or not is less important in in the process of trust building as the fact that it's contributing now to convergence. So if it's a short-term instrument, that we have it in place only until 2035, no problem at all, because we would be removing it only if other countries step up 
to the required level of ambition. So, okay, if we end up removing it, it's still a good world, right? We only remove it if, if we see everyone's moving in the right direction. So, you know, trust in investments will continue, even if we remove it, but the ETS should stay. I, I see your point, yeah. So if it's, well, it means it has been successful, actually, when you remove the CBAM at the end of it. Yes. I suppose. Okay, so there's good reasons to be optimistic. Thank you, yeah, thank, you, thank you very much for your insights and yeah. it was very interesting talking to you. We would have loved to, to have a longer conversation maybe for, for next time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, thank you so much. Well, uh, thank you and uh, the questions were great. So uh, looking forward to debating uh, further uh, in the future. But uh, indeed, I think we have reasons to be optimistic. Uh, we should continue to be cautiously optimistic. Um, but let's not uh, give up and uh, really just build uh, with every policy agreement, with every sort of step forward. Um, you know, we're doing what we can. And yeah, there's space for more, but uh, let's be happy and, and optimistic and keep supporting uh, CBAM's implementation. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. This was Radio Cause, recorded for Live Cause a project of the Florence School of Regulation. Check out our project website at lifecourse.eui.eu for more information and stay tuned for the next episodes. <laughs>